Welcome back to hell. Where we talk about terrible people and terrible situations. Both worthy of going to hell. I'm your host, Jordan. And I'm your other host, Lainey. And this is Hellbound History. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Hellbound History. Great to see you guys again, even though I'm not seeing you. I can't stop wonderful. saying Wonderful, wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> I can't stop saying good to see you again. I just I just look into the void and I just imagine all of our all of our listeners. I think our listeners are just actually uh me's. Just like me characters. <laughs> oh, that would be funny. And they're funny. just like 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 you bull. It's like whoa. They're just like different variations of you. Like from different <laughs> multiverses. Like one's like a Dr. Laney, one's like a teacher oh, Laney. Oh god. Oh, oh my god. goodness. That's so Can funny. I just can I just skip to the universe where I'm like an heiress where I don't have to work and people just dote on me and feed me grapes. I want to live in that that universe because work's exhausting. <laughs> I think everybody would love that. Though I don't think I'm a big fan about being hand fed or being like fed grapes from someone. Oh my gosh, I uh, I think I was just meant to be like a '50s housewife <laughs> without the um, abusive husband and the yeah. racism from back then. But I can just picture myself in my cute little house dress using my little my little Hoover vacuum. Oh my god, apron! Creating some weird Jello dinners. I I think I'm about it with a little box TV, like oh, the whole the whole thing. And just being supported, I love it. I love it. The you idea it. of it. I do. I do. I mean, I. How do I? How do I say this? <laughs> I I wish that let me just okay rewind I wish that my husband made millions of dollars where I didn't have to work and I could just spend my time yeah doing charity work mm -hmm. and just giving back to the community on my own time without the pressure you know what I'm saying yeah. I I wish that was I wish that was it but I'm I'm greatly grateful for women human rights. Don't get me wrong. And yeah, women do some very amazing, amazing things. So I don't want, like I said, vintage vintage vibes, not vintage values. Yeah, and I will always I will always say that vintage values suck. So yeah, and also there's some pretty um, toxic men out there that promote some very toxic auras, which is actually. Um, a little a little segue onto you jordan because yes. i feel like our friend this week that is our main topic of hellbound history is a uh, a toxic toxic man probably yeah. one of the most toxic probably one who probably should have dealt with his issues i wonder if he ever dealt with his issues maybe none of his life would have happened <laughs> maybe if therapy was a thing back then <laughs> He would be fine. So, guys, I'm going to give you uh, some trigger warnings about this. There's going to be mm -hmm, some um, mm -hmm. violent imagery that will be talked about. So here's your trigger warning for that. Um, and this week's topic for this particular person falls in the fifth circle of wrath and the seventh circle of violence. Of Dante's Inferno. Ah. Who could it 
happy. And our topic of the week is Vladimir Putin. No, wrong Vlad. <laughs> wrong Vlad. <laughs> well, we should probably do it. Well, actually, no, I don't think we'll ever do an episode on Vladimir Putin because uh, he's alive. He might. He might, uh, he might he's alive. <laughs> yeah. Wait till he's dead. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, we'll wait. We'll wait until Vladimir Putin's dead. Oh, so hold on. Pause real quick. My favorite vine, one of my favorite vines of all time is the if you're blue and you don't know it to go, oh, oh, don't you go. You know what I'm talking about? Like mm. that song? I think I've recognized it's like it. An, it's putting on the Ritz, you know, and mm-hmm. so there's an old vine and it does that. It says Putin on a Ritz. And so it's just a picture of, of Vladimir Putin on a Ritz, on a Ritz cracker. <laughs> okay. No one, no one knows what that is. Okay. I don't know just, what that just is. Kidding. Just kidding. Um, for our listeners out there, if you want to, if you want to laugh and you like some history, history means and history puns, look up uh, Putin on a Ritz. <laughs> oh my God. Is this what my life has come to? I just talk about. Ritz cracker jokes and Vladimir Putin. Vladimir Putin, but anyway, wrong Vlad, wrong Vlad. Wrong Please Vlad. continue. I will not interrupt with any more Vine no, stories. You're fine. So our story actually is going to take place in 1442. That's so, a long time ago. Oh yes, I love old stories. You know this. That was that was before. Christopher Columbus sailed the ocean blue. Oh, man. History does not get better. So we are going to Wallachia. So at this time in 1442, Vlad III is only 11. He has an older brother whose name is Mercia. And then he has a younger brother named Radu III. So he is the middle child. His mom's not really involved in the picture, and his idol is his dad, Vlad II. Get it? Vlad II, Vlad III. I kind of feel like his dad said, like, this kid is going to be my favorite. So... Well, the- I want to pause real quick. Let's just talk about... Let's just, let's just let's put a little pin in this right now, because people who name... To me, to me, if I were to name my kid after myself, I would feel a little bit narcissistic, right? It is. It's supposed to be. Right? It, it's like, I'm so amazing that my kid also needs to have my own name and carry on the legacy, right? Yeah. It's weird. I mean, I understand like juniors and it's kind of like a family tradition and mm-hmm. whatnot. Like, I totally understand. It's even weirder to me when females like rename like their if- kids their name. Yeah, like if you also named like your daughter Jordan, that's just so confusing to me. Uh, yeah, that'd be weird. I'd be kind of annoyed. I'd be like, oh, this like, is what I was like as a kid. Ugh. Where is my own individuality? You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like allow me to be my own person. Again, that's just my opinion. I, if you enjoy, if you maybe if you, you have a really kick butt name, I will not be naming my kid Jordan. <laughs> um that just will not be happening. Same. But I mean, to each their own. That's just my opinion. It's just a little bit of narcissism in there. I mean, take the King Henry's, but we'll, we'll just stop oh, there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so like Vlad Third is, I, I don't think he was, I think he held pride because so his dad, Vlad II, made big waves in the Wallachian area. They came from this house called Barbados, Barbados, and girl, did you just struggle saying Barbados? 
a little bit bar bar <laughs> Barbados. Have you never heard of Barbados before? It's not Barbados. It's like it sounds like it a little bit though. Barbados. Okay, so it's not Barbados. Barbados, but it sounds like it. And so that's the original. Okay, so I'm just creating a mental map of where we are, so we're not in actual Barbados. Yeah, not Barbados. Okay. Perfect. Then you can struggle saying that word all you want. Ooh, yeah. Wait, no. So, <laughs> so this house was split because the two sides of the house of Barbados, whatever, uh, they were like, I'm the actual family. Like, we're the power dynamic. And then uh, the other side's like, no, I'm the power dynamic. And so the one that won and who led that argument and kind of created a whole new house was Vlad's dad, Vlad the second. And Vlad's he, dad. <laughs> Vlad's dad. And so he created the house of Dracul. Ooh, Dracul. Yeah. So Vlad the second was very involved in uh, a organization called the Order of the Dragon. And it sounds a lot cooler than it really is. It makes me think culty, you know, monk outfits sitting under like a citadel, like chanting going on. But it's not that. Um, it's just a religious movement where they are battling the Ottoman like empire. So he, Vlad the Third, aka our main character Vlad the Impaler, he isn't close to his older brother, but he is close to his younger brother. Um, so, so was Vlad? So was Vlad a middle child? Yes. Oh, that yeah. explains so much. Yeah, his uh, his older brother is born in 1428. Vlad's born in 1431, and his brother is born in 1438. So he's closer to the younger than the older. Plus, his older brother is being not really groomed, but is is doing all these activities that are going to hone his skills as a leader. And so he's kind of like out a lot. It's like the sibling that you don't see as often. Mm -hmm. um, so in 1442, Vlad and his younger brother are called into his dad's office, basically. And he, the dad is telling the both of them that he is taking them on this surprise trip. And that this is going to be kind of like the start of letting them learn diplomatic relationships since he is kind of not like the ruler, but he watches over the land of Wallachia. Um, Vlad is excited. His younger brother's just kind of like, I have no say in this because I'm so young, you mm -hmm. know, um, and it's just over the moon. And so when his you know, he's asking questions. He's asking his dad, like, who, like, where are we going? Are we going to go talk to the noblemen in Wallachia? Are we going to go mess with some people, uh, noblemen that are causing trouble in Wallachia? And his dad just calmly says, no, we are actually going to take a trip to the Ottoman Empire. And Vlad kind of just has this silence. And, and he's looking at his dad saying, like, isn't that our enemy currently? Like, aren't we at war with them? And his dad gets up from his little desk, walks over to little Vlad and his brother and kind of kneels down and looks at them both in the face and gives this like father speech of you need to be able to talk to your enemies. You need to be able to have these diplomatic 
conversations because war isn't always the answer. Sometimes things can be talked about. And Vlad's like, wow, words of wisdom coming out of my dad's mouth right now. You are just the best. So they start getting ready to pack up for the journey and kind of about right before they leave, uh, Vlad the third asks his dad, you know, is our older brother coming? And, you know, their dad just kind of responds, no, he's not coming. I'm having him go train with some soldiers out in the field to work on his battle techniques. They started making the trek. It takes, I mean, you have to understand, even with royalty, they they have to take like carriages, wagons and stuff. It's not like cars. Mm-hmm. And it's not like they can fly there. So it takes a bit. <laughs> it was the, the 1400s, right? Yeah. So it takes a bit. So on the way there, um, <laughs> I have the song, uh, on my way, on my way. And oh, they're no. just... <laughs> And they're just like in like this little carriage thing and they're having Oh no, Vladimir. This is an now coming of age story. <laughs> <laughs> and they're talking and and his and he's asking his dad questions because he's coming to this age where he's gonna be able to participate. And he tells his dad, like, this is so exciting, like I can't help it. And they're just kind of bonding about stuff and they can't wait to come home afterwards. Um, you know, he's asking like you know, the dad's telling the kids, okay, don't fool around. These are adults. Uh, there's not going to be any other kids there. I need you just to kind of let me do the talking. But observe. See see how this conversation will go. Because their dad really, really had this positive attitude of like, you can talk anything out. Mm-hmm. You sad? Let's talk it out. Once they arrived and they're welcome into the empire... Uh, The three of them kind of like put their carriage off to the side. They unload their stuff. They start walking into the Ottoman Empire giant structure. And so they're walking in. Now, the guards are scary looking to uh, Vlad's younger brother. So he kind of hides behind Vlad a little bit. But Vlad isn't scared because he trusts what his dad is doing. He knows that nothing's bad's going to happen just because his dad is there. And how old is Vlad at this point again? 11. Okay, he's 11. He's 11. Dang. Okay. Yeah. Uh, So once they get into the main chamber where the sultan is there, uh, they get to see the face of him. Uh, And this current Ottoman sultan is named Murad II. So... As they're talking and Vlad's dad is doing this speech that he probably practiced (laughs) like before pointing it out some things that could maybe stop this war, maybe how they can come to light and understand that Christianity is amazing, you know. Um, But before he can even finish this long monologue of a speech, guards are suddenly surrounding all three of them. Spears in their hands, the sultan stands up from his throne, looks at Vlad III, looks at his dad and his younger brother, and says that the conversation is going to stop right here. Vlad sees his dad kind of make a face he's never seen before, and then he realized his dad looks scared. Mm, That's not good. The sultan's guards that surrounded them lower their spears 
and take about two steps forwards and causing the three of them kind of to bundle up. The spheres are really like the pointy parts are like really close to them. And now like Vlad's younger brother is hiding kind of like in the middle between Vlad's dad and Vlad. And so the Sultan said, this is what is going to happen. I don't want you to do any kind of nasty tricks during our current war because you thought you could come here and talk me out of it. And that's not why I invited you. I wanted an advantage. So you are going to give me your sons. You will leave your two sons here. You can go. But these these two are going to be my safety net. Now, Vlad the third is sitting there thinking, no way my dad's going to leave us. <laughs> no way. My dad is not that kind of man. The Why sol- would he even bring his sons in the first place? Like, what, why, what did you think was going to happen? Honestly, you're going to an evil man's territory and you have basically you are bringing collateral. You are bringing your biggest weakness with Mm -hmm. you what are you doing what did he think was going to happen so i don't necessarily know if i believe that he you know didn't think anything was going to happen it makes no sense to me especially since it's the middle child and the youngest child yeah and he left the oldest the heir to the throne back at home yeah that is kind of weird yeah that's 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 suspicious that's weird you know yeah oh man that is weird Huh. Yeah. And you know what? I I don't know. I don't know what his thought process was on that. Maybe he had like a high because, I mean, Vlad's dad really did do these like big waves, like made a whole other household, is a ruler, has been doing great in battlefield. So maybe he got caught up in the moment and thought like, since all the plans so far that I have created have worked, this one would be no different. That's kind of how I see it. Yeah, I don't know. Like it's the- just suspicious, Nick. But I don't know. Just bringing your children to a very like bad environment. Yeah, that's a no go. I don't know. I, it doesn't. It doesn't sit right. Yeah. But anyway, sorry. No, no, no. You're right. So Vlad and his brother are holding on to each other, and the dad is hugging them like really, really tight. And he is thinking to himself, somehow we're going to get out of this, and then. His dad let goes of them. And He's like, okay, that's yeah. a great deal. Bye. He steps back and, and Vlad is like, what? And his little brother's crying and has like no idea what's going on and is like freaked out. And he like can't even comprehend what's going on. But Vlad is like, dad, what are you doing? And the guards that had circled them have opened up a little way. And Vlad's dad starts backing out that way turns around and walks out. Dot mm, of the year right there, ladies and gents. No words. Nothing was said. Gone. And so Vlad and his younger brother have been abandoned in enemy territory. The Sultan, happy that his plan worked, walks down the steps to the circle, all the guards disperse, and uh, he kind of gets on his knees, talks, like gets the younger brother to calm down. Um, Vlad's staring at him with daggers. Like, I'm pretty sure he wants to punch him or something physically hurt him. 
and he tells the two of them that he's going to show them where we'll, like where they'll be staying. Um, Vlad is thinking the worst. The younger brother, I mean, I think he's in shock. And the Sultan with two guards take him down to a prison cell. As they open up the gate to this little, like, dirt floor, dirt walls, one tiny window, like, at the very, very top that you can't even reach, uh, says, this is your new room. This is where the both of you will be staying. I'll come get you for your classes. (laughs) And they're just like, what? And he says, you will be educated under our information. So you'll live here, you'll live in this prison gate, but we'll teach you. I mean, that's kind of good news because why would they waste their efforts into teaching someone that they just plan to kill? So that's kind of like, okay, they're going to keep keep me alive. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And see, the Sultan would constantly kind of send, you know, reminders to the dad to say, Hey, still have your kids. Summer camp letters like, hey, doing well. More like, still have your kids. Do anything and they're dead. So Vlad and his younger brother start getting tutored in science, philosophy, and the arts. Uh, They also started training Vlad to become a skilled horseman and a warrior. But and why? But I, why though? Like why? I don't know. Um, my mind wants to say that maybe he had a little part of his heart that said that like we can't just keep the kids in a prison. Like we did gotta do something. Have any, with them. Did he have any heirs himself? I'm not aware of. It's no? not it doesn't mention in the story. I feel like if he had kids he probably had kids and they just never interacted with Vlad and his brother. But I mean, they were trained, um, but they did go to sleep in a cell. <laughs> Their beds are on the floor. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, just, I just I just, want to know why, you know, like what is the purpose of educating them? Yeah. And, and they were treated reasonably well for the current standards at that mm-hmm, time. Mm-hmm. But the fact that they had both been captive, like been captured and abandoned, really irked Vlad, really created this resentment and like wrath. And so when he would train and when he would, you know, go and do these warrior activities to learn techniques in his mind, he's imagining the sultan just like jab, jab, like. You know, this is like I like this is all like I just got to get over it. I need to like. Yeah, he's learning as much as he can because I'm sure in his eyes one day he is going to kill the sultan. Right. Yes. That's He dreams of it. Yeah. I'm going to take advantage of the situation. I'm going to learn as much as I can because one day your your ass is grass and I'm going to mow it. Right. Right. Exactly. And that's his motto. And his resentment grows even more because his brother was so young when they were captured that as the like years kind of went by, uh, he becomes acclimated to the Ottoman Empire's culture, to the mm-hmm. Ottoman mm-hmm. Empire's beliefs and really prefers to stay there versus Wallachia. 
Mm-hmm. Well, that's his home. He doesn't know his home. He doesn't know his home. And so this just all just started building up. And it it's really a motivating factor for him to fight the Turks, to like get even with him for all of this, because he he puts the blame not on his dad, but on them for all that has happened. With the help of some Ottoman soldiers um, I couldn't find much about why the soldiers helped Vlad escape. I, I don't know if it was pity. I don't know if they just re- felt really bad um, that this child was just, I mean, miserable. But they winded it up kind of talking to Vlad saying, hey, get your stuff. And he's like, what? He's, they're like, get your stuff. And they unlock the gate. His brother's still asleep. And he kind of says, what about my younger brother? And he said, and, you know, the guards are shaking their hands saying, we can only do you. Let's go. Hurry. Hurry. So he gets his stuff. Open The gate is open. They walk out. And the guards escort him outside the sultan's palace. Undetected, unnoticed. And they stop at a certain point, And these guards say... This is as far as we can go. You're on your own. Go home. Go home to your dad. Go home to your brother. Go home. And if you're able to, maybe you're going to be able to come get your brother. So Vlad, it's like 1448, by the way. And let's see. He gets captured in 1442. So after six years of being in prison in the Ottoman Empire, he's finally free. And he runs, stops, takes breaks, camps, and, you know, finally makes it back to Wallachia, his home. And he's excited to see his dad. He has mixed feelings to see his dad Mm -hmm. because he didn't hear from him in those six years. You know, like there was no there was no attempts like the first few years of captures. Vlad definitely dreamed his dad was going to come rescue him in this glorious manner. And it never happened. Um, And he kind of thought like him coming up to Wallachia and like walking through the city, it, it would be something that he could like boast to his dad and like his brother. Like I got out of the Ottoman Empire and I'm here. Like, look how great I am. But when he walks into his old home, the servants are looking at him with just sorrow in their face. Mm. And Vlad's like, oh, it's so good. It's so good to see you. you How know? many years has it been? Six. Six. So he's now, what, 17? Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. He, you know, servants are kind of like, is that you, Vlad? And he's like, yes, I've, I've escaped. I've come home. Like, um, tell me where my dad is. Tell me, I, I need to see my dad and my brother immediately. And some of the servants kind of are like putting their hands together. Some are like rubbing them and they like look at each other. And one of the maids, you know, whispers to the others, should we tell him? And they all kind of nod and agree. And they say, okay, we need, Vlad, you need to sit down. We need to tell you something. And he's like, what? Like, that can wait. Let me talk to my dad. 
And so they kind of take Vlad into this like small little reading room. They sit him down and they explain that his dad and his older brother have passed away. And Vlad is like, what? What do you mean they've passed away? Like from being He's like, what? So that makes me the king now. He's not even thinking that. Um, he has questions like, oh, the, did they die of sickness? Mm-hmm, did, mm-hmm. Did, did, did something happen? And the servants are looking at each other and they basically explain that a group of nobles had decided to create a revolt last like the previous year. So and it was like in the year 1447. And so Vlad's returning in 1448. So, so he it, barely missed it. Oh, he, man, that sucks. Yeah. Like he like it, it was it was recent enough. Like Vlad missed it like by like a hair. Um, the nobles of Wallachia just wanted, I don't know, to gain power, control, be little prissy pants that they are, decided to trick Vlad II and his elder son into this like fake battle. They bring them out to the swamps under the guise that they're going to have this big battle when in reality they turn on them, killing Vlad II, then taking the eldest son, digging a giant pit, blinding him, and then burying him alive. And geez, yes, those are some angry people. So whatever they did to those people is not good. It's not good. And Vlad hearing this shocked. Because these are fellow noblemen. These are supposed to be the people who support the king. And in this rage is growing. And he says it cannot be true. And they said it is true. Because someone else is on the seat currently for Wallachia. And Vlad's like, what? They tell him that the new ruler of the area is currently not there. He winds up like that guy is like off kind of on like some random quest. Because I guess that's what you do when you're bored. You're like, <laughs> I'm going to go on a quest. Um, but it's being 16, coming home, expecting to see your family, six years of a dream, hoping to have your happily ever after be shattered and then know for the rest of your life that this nightmare is real in your life after the death of his family a lot of experts believe that this is the point where vlad becomes the ruthless impaler he would become so vlad announces to the servants that the name Dracul would no longer be his last name. The family of Dracul would no longer be his last name. And so he changes, he changes it to Dracula, <laughs> which means son of the dragon for vengeance. So in 1448, you know, he's reigning because the guy's not there. And so he's just doing his own things. So and he's like, well, while you're away, I will just be sitting on the throne. Yep. That <laughs> Dude, the, the audacity, the courage, <laughs> the nerve, right? He feels he's untitled. And I just, I find it very silly. 
that like sitting on a throne is like, I'm the winner now. <laughs> I am sitting here. So when that that like false ruler comes back from his quest and he comes and just sees this like 18 year old kid sitting on it, he's like, who are you? And he says, I am Vlad, you know, uh, the third. I am Vlad Dracula, the rightful owner and ruler of Wallachia. And um, Vlad's like skinny. Okay. Like Vlad's like a, like a, I mean, he's like an average kind of guy. He's a height. late bloomer. He's a late, he's a bloomer. late bloomer. Um, And there's a portrait of him, by the way, that we've all seen. And that actually is a portrait that was made during his life. So that portrait is actually a really good picture of what Vlad looked like. So Vlad is, is like skinny, pale, like has like dark hair, um, some kind of say it's a little bit ashy, but uh, he looks like a twerp. <laughs> Just a little bit like a twerp, like a like a heavy, like a heavy metal high schooler. Heavy <laughs> metal twerp. Yeah. And so he easily is like overthrown. By this, they're other like, mm, yeah, no. They just like pick him up over their shoulders, yeah, toss him out, just, like, toss him out the window. And uh, I want to see a Monty Python rendition of Vlad the Impaler. I would love it. I want to see a movie. <laughs> it would be so funny. Since he only really ruled for like two months, uh, he still had some connections. Vlad did uh, in the Ottoman Empire. So, like, they weren't the soldiers. I think they were, like, some of the tutors. And he winds up kind of talking to them, convincing them to go help him overthrow the Wallachian current throne sitter, satter, you know. Um, and so they give him, like, military force, uh, enough to where when they storm the you know, Wallachian area, he's able to have like a one-on-one -on -one battle with this guy. Uh, he tells the soldiers, do not massacre anybody. You're just here to make me look scary. Um, and he looks at this false ruler that's sitting on his family throne, pulls out a sword and says, this is going to be a one-on-one -on -one match where I and you are going to fight to the death. So after a struggle of sword fighting, clinking, slicing, you know, those cool battle scenes and a daring move, Vlad takes his sword and hits the false ruler in the neck and then decides to go even further and just kind of like makes a sawing motion and like decapitates mm. him. Feeling victorious. He has now reclaimed the throne and begins his second reign in 1456. I cannot believe he did one-on-one -on -one combat. He literally was like, don't bring your guards. This is you and me. He's been trained by the Sultan's army or whatever. He was probably pretty confident in his skills. Oh, yeah. So once back on the seat of ruling, his first order of business was to stop paying the annual tribute to the Ottomans and to prevent. He, want, he wanted nobody to mess with Wallachia. Way to lay low. Yeah. 
So when he was in the Ottoman Empire, he found out that they do this form of torture that he had never heard of before, but he had seen them do it to prisoners. And that was... And here is where the hell-bound history comes in. (laughs) He finds out they do this thing called impaling. And Vlad, when he first sees it, thinks, that's not that bad. They just kind of shish kebab them, you know? (laughs) Um, And he learns from some of, like, the guards during his capture period that, no, 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 no. It's actually a lot more complicated than that. They explained to him that they actually, you know, instead of thinking the stake is pointed, like, a, you know, like a stake, like like vampires, like, ah, um, it's actually rounded out. And if it was a woman, they would place it in their no. vaginas. No. Um, no. If it was a no. male, it would go through the rectum. No. Oh, my God. The stakes are adjusted to the victim's height. So that's why if you ever see anything about Vlad the Impaler and you see the different heights of the stakes, that's because they're, like, customized to the victims. Vlad's, like, as a child, learning this is, like, tell me more. And so then they go and explain that they insert it they take the victim and they hoist them up onto this like platform and they insert it not all the way but kind of like just enough to where they're they're not able to like lift themselves off of it oh man sorry i'm visibly uncomfortable right now just thinking of the the stake in my hoo-ha is not a fun image yeah, um, a lot of victims would like tippy toe, try to tippy toe, no. but like it's inserted enough to where even like t- beating like tippy toeing, like it it can't come out. Like they make sure, and they even like oil it up and like butter it up to make it do it. And um, the the goal is not to kill them immediately. But to suffer, to sit there mm-hmm. and to think about your crime. So it's it's like a super slow, agonizing death. And so these people, these victims, as they're being impaled, you know, this is like days on days on days. So like, you know, let's say a woman's being impaled. It's up. It's up her hoo-ha. <laughs> and she's and she's trying to stay on her tippy toes. Maybe it's day three and she slips. no. And it shoves it up further. And and so now she because like victims would like they couldn't relax because it would it would push it up further. Like if they took a minute of rest, it pushes it up further until eventually after maybe like a week, maybe eight days, um, it is it's it's penetrating slowly through their organs like through bones and it starts to kind of come out. They wanted it to come out. If they did it right, they wanted it to come out like their mouth if they positioned it right. But that never really happened all the time. It's like reversed, uh, reverse sword swallowing. Yeah. (laughs) I can't believe you said that. (laughs) (laughs) But mostly what would happen is because they would like wiggle, try to try to reduce the pain. I mean, it's awful, but they it would like come out to the side, maybe off the side of the neck. Sometimes it would like 
people would die and the body would still sit and sink. And so it would come out maybe their chest. Um, and Vlad thought that was a great way to torture people because he he thought that the Ottomans, even though they sucked, man, to make people re- like regret and re- have remorse for what they do and sit there, that that like had some type of euphoria to his like revenge plot. It's it's really really weird. Um, I mean, and then like people would have to pee. They would like have to use the restroom on themselves. Flies well, started. Obvi- yeah, <laughs> flies would get on them. Um, you know, like other insects would start crawling in their ears and like other parts. I mean, it is it is a horrible, agonizing <laughs> way to die. And I mean, it's just it is. Ugh, ugh. When Vlad returns and is now reigning in 1456, his first thing to do is to call all those like noblemen that were originally part of that treachery between his dad and his brother to a banquet. Um, now, he lets everybody know, like, know the plan that, you know, they're going to they're going to kill them. But he doesn't like tell them how they're going to kill them. Um, and it is also like his first time trying to try out this new method. So he invites all the nobles to the banquets. They're enjoying themselves. I don't know what these noblemen are thinking. Like, sure, let's go to the banquet of the son of the guy we killed and tortured his older brother. Why not? Like, I don't know what this, these noblemen were thinking, but they go. Um, they find Vlad charming and stuff. Uh, some kind of find him off-putting. And he... You know, claps, rings a bell, whatever he does to get their attention and say, all right, here is a toast to my father and my older brother. And these these mother truckers, okay, put their glass up and they cheer to them, which I think is outrageous because they killed them. And then suddenly guards come in. And he said that Vlad the second says with a loud, booming voice. This is the last meal you will ever have. And so the guards go take these noblemen and they start getting these stakes, adjusting the heights and impaling them one by one by one. And when asked, you know, like when Vlad II is asked, what do we do with them? Because you have like 20 people staked. 20 people who are who are who who have things up their hoo-hahs and their back hoo-hahs and mm-hmm. they're on tippy toes and on these like platforms like they're wailing they're crying like w- like no one wants to sit in a castle with the wailing and the crying and all that so Vlad says put them outside put them in front of our castle it's going to be a warning now he found it so enjoyable watching these noblemen he felt the satisfaction from it that it became his favorite and like only way he wanted to kill and torture people. The Saxo Anglo merchants that annoyed him, impale them. The maid that didn't <laughs> listen, impale them. You know, the girl that was reject- there a wood shortage or what? N- 
I would say, yeah, just because they would have to go scourge for these materials. I mean, you have to understand it has to be a certain width, a certain height. So they're like knocking out trees. This is like a whole effort. And he has like a room of stakes just ready to go. And if it needs to be adjusted, they know how to like cut it. Literature at the time claims that he killed 80,000 people and impaled roughly 20,000 of them during his reign. Um, And these would include like Saxon merchants, Ottoman deserters, you know, people who commit treason. Um, And a lot of these stories um, are accurate. Some aren't. But a lot of these are because these stories were written during the reign. And like the accounts of like his his, you know, like like catastrophe of a role and, you know, this horribleness was like documented um, and passed around. Now, some of it may be exaggerated because a lot of it was some of those victims, like friends and families. But like the word got around like in Germany, Vlad was popular. And you know who else found Vlad popular? The Russians. I was like, what? I was going to say the devil, but I guess the Russians makes more sense. I mean, he like there was one time a group of Ottoman envoys that asked uh, just an audience with Vlad, maybe to kind of have that same idea that Vlad's dad had. Um, And Vlad knew that they had religious customs. And so they're wearing turbans. And he did this just because he knew they wouldn't take them off. He says... I want you to remove your turbans. Obviously, they say no. They say our religious beliefs, like we're not going to remove them. And so Vlad's like, great. They're going to stay with you forever because we're going to nail them to your skulls. So they get a nail and a hammer. They nail the three Ottoman envoys and then impale them because it's Vlad the Impaler. Nail and impale. Got it. Oh, it rhymes kind of. Oh. A lot of people in Romania find him somewhat of a positive character. And that's just because he, they, like, the people that he protected, he he wouldn't do stuff to them. He would do stuff to people like invaders or those that he did not like. And so they felt like he was harsh, but he was just... So kind of like not long after the impalement of those Ottoman envoys, and that happens in like 1462, Vlad is kind of met with other noblemen, these new noblemen, some servants and some town folks who force them into exile because they're scared of him and they find him. They find that if they don't exile him, uh, they don't like Wallachia would become hell. And and they don't and they they think he's he's going overboard because I mean, like hundreds of thousands of impaled carcasses are like in Wallachia. So think about mom, dad and sister maybe going to the market and oh, guess what? Dead bodies are right over there. It probably smelled awful in the city. I mean, there were merchants who would be like, all right, time to go to this next city. We're going to go, blah, blah, blah. 
hey, look at those trees. Wait a second, those aren't trees. And they all like get closer and closer and they realize those are people. Oh my God, those are people. There's so many of them that from far away, they look like trees, but getting up closer, these are just tons of impaled people, women, children, like adults. And these Saxon like merchants just nope on out of there. (laughs) (laughs) They say no, thank you. Yeah. I mean, like Wallachia looks like hell. And so he is exiled, Vlad II, to Hungary. Hungria. Hungary? Hungary? Hungria? Hungria? Am I saying it right? Where? Where? I'm sorry. Real quick. Um, Hungria. Shh. Where did you get Hungria from? Because I didn't trust myself with the first way. Hung. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe in some other language they pronounce it Hungria. Um, But I think it's Hungary. But I'm going to put all my eggs in the hungry basket as far yeah, as yeah. English pronunciation goes. <laughs> I'm going to go with yours, too. As hungry, mm. as hungry I left my mouth. I was not like. The, <laughs> not the country of hungry <laughs> Like I said, it could be pronounced no, that way in a different no, language. I don't think that's I right. Don't know. No, don't justify it. But, <laughs> but he, uh, he, he winds up kind of going there and hiding in exile. And um, his little brother, uh, the town people kind of go and convince him to come hey. back. Hold on, pause real quick. I'm so sorry. Um, so I'm just like, every time you do a story, I just like Google it as well. So like kind of like follow along and read about it like uh-huh. along with you, you know, just to kind of follow. Um, tell me why I just found a Vlad the Impaler shower curtain. What do you mean you found a Vlad the Impaler shower curtain? What is it of? Like 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 a picture of him? It's a shower curtain. But <laughs> <laughs> of uh, Vlad the Impaler's portrait. <laughs> Just in case, you know, you want to stare into the <laughs> eyes of a soulless man while you're taking a poo-poo. You can... <laughs> Who? Why? Wow! Yikes! If I see anybody with a shower curtain, I don't want to be their friend. Um, you know what? I respect it. I respect the. You, I, you. I respect the hustle. I think. <laughs> so, I'd be backing out very slowly. I'm like, you know what? I just remembered my dog has a uh, rect- rectal medicine to be taking <laughs> right now, so I'm gonna. I gotta I'm go. gonna head out. <laughs> I love the place, though. Keep doing you. <laughs> love love the decor. <laughs> oh my god, I can't believe there's a shower curtain. Sorry. Okay. No, it's okay. So his brother, um, younger brother, winds up ruling. Um, and he like sides with the Ottoman Empire, obviously. Um, like during these like military campaigns. So they went from being enemies with like yeah in the Ottoman Empire to being allies for a bit. And so his brother dies in 1475, and then kind of the locals are thinking, we don't have a really good ruler. What if we brought, like, Vlad back? No! <laughs> they were like, what if we brought Vlad back? Because, I mean, yeah, he's harsh, but what if the exile kind of taught him a lesson? Mm-hmm. Um, Big doubt. <laughs> so they go, and they start searching for Vlad. Um, they find him, they find out that he like randomly married this woman. He has like kids. Um, and they say, Vlad, you made a mistake. 
We want you back. Uh, and so he drops everything, literally leaves the wife, the kids, everything, and like goes back to Wallachia and goes for his third reign in 1476. Um, now, it didn't last long because Vlad never changed. Vlad, Vlad was set in his ways and his very harsh punishable ways so after a few months by january 1477 they're kind of like this was a bad idea we shouldn't we shouldn't have brought vlad back Hmm, i wonder i wonder why they thought that Hmm. so uh they all come together with a plan just like his the death of his dad um, and they converse with the Ottoman Empire and kind of let them know the situation. So suddenly the Ottoman Empire comes in, they gain enough traction and military footing. Um, and they also had like stomachs of iron because they had to walk through the force of the people. The for- <laughs> Did you just say the forest of the people? That's literally what it is. It's a forest of people. <laughs> the forest of <laughs> Oh, my God. Because all the trees are basically cut down and they're replaced with impaled people. So it's the forest of the people. It is. It it really is the forest of the people. So these like Ottoman soldiers are like walking through and they kind of are like, okay, this is like we need to do this. Like we're progressing our plan, but like this guy's the devil. And um, they march to the throne where Vlad is and they wind up overthrowing him. So in this ambush, Vlad the Impaler, he's fighting. No one's helping him. And he realizes that this has all been kind of planned. Um, And in an instant where he like loses his footing, a knife slices straight through his neck. And the soldier who did it slices it off. And to make sure that he's really dead, just just keeps whacking and whacking at the neck and whack, whack, whack. To make sure that Vlad the Impaler is really dead. Yeah. And the legend, I don't know how much truth there is behind this. The legend is that once he was beheaded and he was dead, everybody cheered because this monster was gone. And like people suddenly went to go start taking down the force of the people. <laughs> I'm sorry I'm calling it that. Every time, every time. No, it's a perfect descriptor, but it's just really funny. The forest of the people. Yeah, like outside, inside. I mean, all the trees are people. So they start taking it down <laughs> and oh my God. they stick Vlad's head on a stake. His favorite way to like kill people, like they impaled his head on a stake and they march through the city. We've come full circle. Yes. So, that is the end of Vlad the Impaler. But I do want to go over just some misconceptions and just a little bit of how he came to inspire the story Dracula. Okay? Okay, yeah. Okay. So, Vlad the Impaler, if, if he's like the legendary vampire created by Bram Stoker in 1897. Um, 
He has inspired countless horror movies, television shows, and like other blood curdling tales of vampires. So, like, yeah, literally everyone knows Vlad the Impaler. Yeah, because they were like Dracula. People have described Vlad as a demented psychopath, a sadist, a gruesome murderer, and a masochist. They find him worse than Nero. Um, but a lot of stories are emphasizing Vlad cruelty or treated are supposed to be treated with caution because his brutal acts, some of them may have been exaggerated in those prints that were kind of put out there. So if if it's something like crazy, crazy, like um, I think there's a story where it's like Vlad would have dinner in the forest of the people and just like sit there <laughs> and eat stuff. And like, that's not true, actually. Um, oh, so he did not. He did not do that. Okay. That, okay. that was just to scare people. Are we just, sure? Are we sure? We are sure. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's like propaganda against Vlad. They were trying, like, there was a force of people. He just didn't go have his lunch out there. What's the difference, though, honestly, yeah. in the grand scheme of things? Uh, okay. <laughs> that's true. Uh, that's true. Oh, okay. It's like, oh, well, like I my mean, respect meter didn't go up or down hearing if he did <laughs> or did not do that. So, so, um, Bram Stoker's Dracula resides like his castle is like in Transylvania. Um, but Vlad the Impaler never lived there. Um, only born and ruled over in Wallachia. And uh, it was like one of the three principles that made up Romania at the time. Transylvania was another property of the three. Um, but so it's OK. So with the whole like Transylvania thing. For a very long time, I thought Transylvania was like this like made up like oh, area, no, it's a place. you know, because it sounded like, oh, I'm from Transylvania. You know, it mm-hmm. sounds so exotic. And then Rocky Horror Picture Show, I don't think did a good job of trying to convince me that it was actually a place a, uh, yeah a real place because they're transsexuals from transylvania you know yeah and so then when i hear all these other stories i'm like oh transylvania real place yeah real place wow so i wonder how that happened you i know think, what i'm saying i think stoker as a writer thought transylvania would fit more for mm. his story of Dracula versus Dracula from Wallachia, you know? Dracula. Okay. I mean. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah. So um, if if you go to any place in Transylvania and they're like, Vlad, the Impaler lived here. It's not true. He never owned anything in Transylvania. He never set. I wouldn't say he never set foot there, but he didn't. Nothing there is his. Um, I see. So Transylvania is kind of like a made up concept. That's yes. linked to Vlad the Impaler. Yeah, there's uh there's some kind of tourist attraction actually there that is often referred to as Dracula Castle, but uh that it's not actually where he resided. The castle that they refer to as like this this fake castle that's a tourist attraction, it they only refer to it as Dracula's castle because it's like in the mountains and it's foggy and it looks spooky and someone, And that's not Vlad's castle? And that's not Vlad's castle. That's okay. just a castle that's in Transylvania and looks spooky enough that people think, huh. Dracula would live there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like in 1890, um, Stoker is like reading a book randomly and like about Wallachia. And it doesn't mention like Vlad the Third, like at all. But he was struck by the word Dracula appearing in this book. And the name comes from the old Romanian word for dragon. So Drac. 
And then, mm-hmm. his, you know, his son, Vlad III, changed the word Drac uh, to Dracula. Um, but in old Romania, Drac actually used to refer to the word devil. So that is why Stoker picked the name Dracula for his character's name, because it intrigued him that this name had some association with the devil. But yeah, that's Vlad the Impaler. Wow. The impaling (laughs) part always gets me. (laughs) Yeah, and I'm sure there's so much more information about him and everything that obviously needs to be consolidated, but like, dang. I don't know. It's just, to kill people is one thing, but to like have them be tortured is another thing. Yes, entirely. Entirely. His thing wasn't murder. I want to see the life go out of them. Yeah, it was more of like, I want to see them suffer. I want to see I want to know what actually happened at the Sultan's kingdom. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like yeah, what like, actually went down there. Oh, like his life there during the mm-hmm. six years. Like when he was a child. Yeah, I want to know exactly what happened. Did we figure out what happened to the younger brother? So the younger brother came back for a little bit um, after they exiled Vlad and kind of mm-hmm. were like, Vlad's crazy. And they convince um, the younger brother to come rule for a bit. And he does, but he's an Ottoman Empire like fanboy. So he like wearing his Ottoman fanboy shirt is ruling in Wallachia and is, you know, rules until he dies. And so that's when, I mean, he like dies, I think at like 70 something. No. Yeah. Something like that. It's like 70 or 60 and he dies. And that's when the, uh, the people of the town are like, maybe we need Vlad. Maybe we I need see, Vlad. I see, I see. Yeah. Okay. And then they realize, no, we don't need Vlad. <laughs> Just kidding, just kidding, just kidding. Put the thing back where it came from or so help me. Oh, my God. Put Vlad back where he came from or so help us. Basically. <laughs> wow. Good job. Um, I do want to make a little, just a little tidbit uh, for our very loyal listeners yes. of our original podcast of Horrid History. Yes. Uh, you are not having deja vu. <laughs> uh, this was a story that we did a very long time ago, and um, we didn't want to just delete it off of our like list and yeah. so we decided to just re-record it uh, mm-hmm. tidy it up a little bit add a little bit more information for you guys so it wasn't just a re-release but a re-release with some added info and um yeah yeah that's it i just wanted to make yeah. sure you guys know that uh it's, it, it's not it's a it's a different storytelling of it but it's a it's the same story you guys heard so yeah. and we're gonna be doing that with um, a lot of our older episodes because we don't want to lose those episodes uh, but we will be re-recording them and we're also gonna add of course new stories as well we don't want to oh ship yeah y'all we're not gonna do that we just know that like you enjoyed a lot of our older episodes and a lot of those older episodes had not the greatest quality in terms of like audio production Mm -hmm. um and so just to give you guys some freshness it's like a remastered version of the story oh i love that oh this is a remastered episode yes kind of kind of no don't say kind of i'm I'm digging it well no remaster would be if we went back with to the original episode and then remastered that and just kept it exactly the same whereas this is remastered with 
new storytelling, new equipment, new vibe, new name. Yeah. But yeah. We're, we're stoked guys. Yeah. Um, before we leave, I just want to say, please reach out to us on uh, Instagram uh, at Hellbound History. Yes. Let us know like what you think. And, and comment, subscribe, tell your friends. Um, yeah. Any criticism we're open to. If there's any stories you guys want to hear, let us know. We're about it all. Exactly. And uh, we are looking forward to seeing you guys next time. Into the void, all of the little me's. Yes. Oh, all the little Jordans. We'll see you. No, next time. the me's, as in like the, the little the Nintendo me's from the uh, Wii. Oh, yeah, I would have never gone that. <laughs> <laughs> all right, no, guys. No, not little, not little me's. <laughs> I thought little you were talking about little me's. <laughs> I was wondering where you're going with old me and a doctor <laughs> and everything. But anyway, we'll see enjoy you next time. Everybody. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.